Would you wait four hours to greet a patient when they walked into your pharmacy, or worse, a whole day? Well, that's what's happening in pharmacies that haven't implemented multi-channel retailing the right way. In this episode, my guest Ian Bennett from Pharmacy for You and I talk about best practice and how you can give them a warm welcome every time. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day listeners and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, and we're into episode 43 and the final episode of 2014. It has been a cracker. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and I hope you as my loyal listeners have enjoyed it as well, and I appreciate it every time you put me into your eardrums every single week, and I appreciate everyone who's taken the trouble of writing me a comment, sending me a question, or just even telling me that you're enjoying the episodes. I appreciate it more than you know, and on behalf of me and the team at The Transformation Show, a huge thank you for a great 2014, and of course, I look forward to helping you create your best year ever in 2015. So stay tuned for some great innovations that are coming your way from The Transformation Show in 2015. Well, before we get forward into our interview today with Ian Bennett, and I know you're going to love it because it really does harp on a very sharp point in that we really need to understand the processes of how we're going to implement a new innovation like multi-channel before we surge forward and do it so that our customers get the same experience online as they do when they walk into our physical stores. And It's a different interview today because the interviews we had with Heath and Jonathan were very high level. It talked about how groups are tackling it. And of course, some of you are part of those groups. I'm sure you would have got a lot out of it. But some of the independent pharmacy owners would also want to know how I can do this without having to join one of those groups. So Pharmacy for You is one of those providers that can help you with that. So I know you're going to get a lot of benefit from that as well. And I'll put the links to the previous couple of episodes in the show notes if you want to refer back to them. Now, with reference to our opener today, which was greeting customers online, and of course, what we can do is we can do some very simple things. If we've just even got a website, we don't have an e-commerce site just yet. And I'll refer you back to episode 39, and I'll put the link in the show notes as well for you to have a look at, to two tools I mentioned that you could have implemented on your site pre-Christmas, which was SpeakPipe, which was a voicemail, so that your customers could leave you non-urgent messages and you could answer those at a time that you were available. And also Zopim, which is um, an online chat facility that you could have on your website. Now, ultimately, a lot of retailers who have Zopim quite often don't invest in having someone manning that line all the time. So they're just simply sending messages similar to the voicemail functionality. But depending on how serious you are about multi-channel retailing, it could very well be that you have your pharmacy assistant that's sitting up at the register manning that Zopim chat so that whenever someone walks into your virtual store, 
then the same as they would do if they were walking into your physical store, the same person will actually greet them. So it's a fantastic thing, but you need to start thinking about your online customers exactly how you were thinking about customers that walk through your front door. You wouldn't leave them for four hours or even a day, which was one of the examples that we spoke about. You need to be able to be doing that uh, effectively. But also I've had some feedback as well about um, pharmacies that are looking to go into e-commerce and um, whether or not even some of the proprietary uh, software we mentioned like Shopify was even an overkill as well. And what I actually discovered is that some pharmacies are already on eBay, if you believe it or not. Now, that is the simplest possible way you could ever sell a product in your pharmacy. The e-commerce facility is built. You've probably already used it, trying to buy or sell something yourself, so you'd be quite familiar with it. And for anything that's of a non-drugs and poisons scheduled nature, I think it's fantastic. And particularly now that we're heading up into January, we may have some old Christmas stock, uh, things that we want to get rid of. Why not put it up on eBay and see how you go with it as well? You could auction it, or you could just put a buy it now price up and uh, get rid of some dead stock, which I think we could all appreciate uh, having those extra dollars coming through our tins in January, which is typically a quiet a month. But if you're on a, in a coastal pharmacy, you're about to hit peak season, so don't worry about that. Uh, just look after all of those uh, beach-bound customers that are no doubt going to come after you with their sunburns and uh, potentially some of those mozzie bites as well. So... Just a quick comment on that. I hope you've all had a fantastic Christmas. Uh, it's been a great break for us down here in Melbourne. And uh, certainly some of you have already been looking to get away over the holidays. And as I mentioned in last week's show, I've got a gift for you that for all of you who are already on the robertstar.com mailing list, that would have sat under your virtual Christmas tree on Christmas Day. Uh, but if you haven't received your copy, and what of course I'm talking about is your five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday. It's I've designed an 18-page cheat sheet, uh, which I've used many years in the last five, and I've been perfecting it every single one, um, to basically enable me to go away on holidays without having to bear all of the stresses and particularly having to worry about a constantly ringing phone or emails that are coming through regarding some challenges or some opportunities that have been coming from the pharmacy and being able to be present with my family. It all got burned, burned out of a, of, a, of a story five years ago where simply I just uh, was not present on holidays. I may as well have been sitting at home rather than uh, being up on holidays uh, with my family. And um, certainly uh, my wife was very astute to point that out to me and consequently I've been improving it ever since so that literally you can have the freedom to relax and be present with your family and that you are rest and refreshing yourself ahead of your best year ever in 2015. And of course, you have still have the confidence that you have access to your team and vice versa at a time you choose and that you can meet any challenges or opportunities that are coming up. So what you'll get in the cheat sheet that I've got for you is some easy to follow how-to videos to install the free tools each one will literally only take you two minutes to set up and you can see that in the videos I've done for you and also the, the, uh, the tools to be able to collaborate and remotely access your core systems and your team when you need to but more importantly be able to disconnect and enjoy your holiday. 
Now, on the subject of holiday and the, and the summer period coming up, I've had a number of listeners and also some pharmacy owners I was talking to pre-Christmas just ask me, what would I recommend we do around planning for our best year ever in 2015? So what I've put together is a five-installment series, uh, is which will take the place of our Pharmacy Freedom Index Insights, which ultimately covers the same things, just around things that I recommend that you think about planning uh, so that you can hit the ground running in 2015 and that you've got everything mapped out for you to plan to succeed. And of course, if we don't plan, we don't succeed. So it'll be all about planning and things that you can do. We're going to cover collecting and reviewing customer feedback and some tools that can help you do that, business planning and goal setting and some tools that will help you and also setting and reviewing some KPIs. We've got some fantastic interviews coming up in the next two weeks with two brilliant accountants. One that's not very well known to you, Amanda Fisher from Connected Accountants, but she knows all about accounting and technology. And she's got a number of small pharmacy customers that she's going to give us some insights on. And also Peter Sackerson will be all very well known to you in Australia. And uh, we talk about setting and reviewing some KPIs and being able to utilize all of that information to drive some innovation planning in our pharmacies and also manage the changes in the pharmacy as well. So again, some tools to help you manage that and also some marketing planning as well. We all need to be marketing because ultimately marketing is conversations that we can't have with our patients when they're not physically in our pharmacies, which is the majority of the time. And if we're not marketing, we're not open for business. So we talk about all the tools that we've spoken about in 2014, websites, social media, and what you can do to plan to succeed in all of those areas. So these are going to be very short. They're not going to be very long. I'm just going to give you some exercises to take away. But I wanted to follow on from my chat with Ivan last week to answer the question and help you answer the question that he posed, which is your business really good? Not in your own opinion, but in your customer's opinion. And also going back to episode 34 with Tim Reed about creating magical moments in our pharmacies, as we need to know at a deeper level what drives our customers into our stores and what does their big picture health journey look like. And so that way we can design their magical pharmacy experience, which ultimately, as Ivan spoke about, if they have a great experience, they won't go anywhere else. And that's just fantastic. So... Today, the tool that I'm going to mention is one that we've spoken about earlier this year, which is SurveyMonkey. Now, ultimately, I don't expect you to go out and simply interview face-to-face lots and lots of customers, all your team, and also your partners as well. As we'll talk about in this interview with Ian Bennett today, which I haven't forgotten about, we're nearly there, and um, you'll be able to create better experiences and solutions for your patients by collaboration. So what I'm gonna suggest is that you set up a survey, which is just simply a list of questions that you would love to ask your team, your patients, and your partners, and you just simply get on your email or even call them up and tell them that you're sending an email and that you'd love them to complete it. Make it no more than 10 questions about things that you they would like to suggest. How, how your business is at the moment. Is it really good? Well, we'll ask about that. But also what other things are challenging for them as well? What would they love to see when they come to your pharmacy? 
Do they enjoy the experience of being fronted with laundry detergent and toilet paper when they walk in? What would they like to see? What All of those things. So only you will know your business well enough to know what the questions are you need to ask and what you, and what ultimately is going to drive the innovation in your pharmacy. But my suggestions for you are, is that you ask them to rate your customer service. So that can include how they're greeted, how they're treated, whether they get enough time to really articulate their problems, whether you give them enough time to listen to those problems, and what else would they like to have spoken about if they were afforded the time. Are there products in the pharmacy that they don't they would like to get in your pharmacy that they have to go somewhere else for? Just the best way to approach this is really think about it from their perspective in that if a person, for example, may be diabetic, think about their journey. And if they're really in the midst of the disease, it might, they might have eye issues, there might be kidney issues they need to look out for, feet issues as well, certain medicines interfering with their diabetic medication certain foods and so forth, and how you in your pharmacy can help them with that. You don't need to become a supermarket and have every single product, but it'd be fantastic for you if you do have a group of diabetics to be able to create partnerships with local health food shops if there are particular products that are relevant, um, or with allied health, allied health members like a podiatrist or an optician and so forth, and be putting together a package of services that could really benefit those patients. And ultimately, perhaps also, as we'll talk about in the coming shows, some marketing material that's going to talk to them as well. So it might be a video that you could perhaps put together of how best to utilize a blood glucose meter and how to clean it and so forth. So a lot of the questions that you may already get asked a lot in pharmacy. So there's a few things. You need to sort out the questions that you want to ask, but ultimately don't be afraid to ask for, ask for feedback and certainly be ready to receive it because when you receive it back through SurveyMonkey, one of the great benefits of it is that it comes back in a tabular format. You don't need to get all the sheets stacked up and then type them up and it's all ready for you to look at. And it gives you a great oversight as well. And also don't be afraid to use one to 10 rating scales as well. We wanna make it easy for our, our customers, our team members, and also our partners to answer these uh, surveys. But ultimately it's gonna give you information that's gonna be able to drive those changes. And lastly, as we, as we talk about a lot on this show, if you want to have a look at your 360 degree picture of what opportunities are sitting in your pharmacy, there's no better process than to do the Pharmacy Freedom Index, which can be visited at pharmacyfreedomindex.com. And you'll get a downloadable report highlighting your rating in nine critical areas of your business in only seven minutes. Plus, you'll also get my transformation book and also access to all the resources of the transformation workbook and community to help kickstart your journey. And of course, when you finish that, if you'd like to have a chat with me and you'd like to go through all of those areas of how you can tackle those and make 2015 your best year ever, just hit that book in for a consult button and I'd be more than happy to visit you and maximize your success. Our interview today is with Ian Bennett. He's the business development manager for Pharmacy for You, who want to be known for delivering a fully customizable turnkey e-commerce solution for pharmacy. Ian Bennett, welcome to the Transformation Show. 
Thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, look, it's great to have you on, Ian. And um, we've been discussing a lot about e-commerce in uh, in recent episodes with uh, Jonathan from Chemart and also Heath from Sigma. But um, I know we're going to be talking probably a lot about more in-store issues today and some of the workflow practices that are around it to really isolate what makes a great successful implementation of this kind of strategy. Yeah, I think uh, that's a that's a great way to summarise what we're going to talk about, Robert. Um, I've listened to some of the other podcasts that you've put together and they they have been a high-level view in a lot of cases. So uh, I think it's really worthwhile that we explore uh, our Pharmacy Fuse experience in implementing um, websites within individual pharmacies and within groups of pharmacies and the type of uh, things that uh, have gone on, the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah, no, and there's always two sides of the coin, isn't there? And, uh, and before we get, get started, I always like to ask my guests, um, you know, how you got into pharmacy, you know, what, what drew your interest to pharmacy and, and particularly what have you seen of recent times where a pharmacy owner can really use technology to their advantage in the 21st century? Okay, Rob. Uh, well, I got into pharmacy back in 1995, so it's going on nearly 20 years ago now. And uh, I was, at the time, I was working in the supermarket industry as a, as a buyer and uh, interviewing suppliers on a day-to-day basis and talking about promotional activities and co-op revenues, all that type of stuff. Uh, I was uh, asked to um, make the move over to pharmacy by uh, the sales manager over at uh, QDL at the time, which is now Sigma. And I made that move as a buying manager and uh, spent about three years there and then moved to a national role within Sigma for about 12 months. I've since then moved on to a national sales role with uh, a pharmaceutical manufacturer in Brisbane. Had a few, oh, about four years there, then moved on to the Pharmacy Guild, working with Gold Cross, doing product endorsements for suppliers. And uh, for the last seven years, been working with pharmacy for you. So um, I think I've got a fairly well-rounded background in pharmacy, seen it from many different angles. And um, now that uh, I've spent so much time at pharmacy for you, I think I've got a pretty good handle on uh, what's required at a retail level to uh, implement uh, a web strategy or a multi-channel strategy. And, and with that, Ian, it's always a fascinating story to find out how companies started as well. And you know, what was the uh, what was the key problem that uh, you know? I think it was John, John who's who started it all up. What was the first problem that he saw? And you know, how did the opportunity come up where you know websites and particularly e-commerce was something that you know pharmacies were going to need moving forward? Well, I suppose um, pharmacy uh, pharmacies were. Um well, they still are, I believe, in their infancy in the far, in regards to websites. Uh, but at the time, web development was a, a big buzzword and uh, there was a, a massive opportunity that uh, people could foresee uh, to be first to market. And uh, so we have um, two of our directors got together and... Um, thought it'd be a great idea to create a business called Pharmacy for You. In its in its infancy, it was quite different to what we see now. Uh, it was going to be almost like a buying group operation. So we would have orders being placed by consumers and they would go into a pool and Pharmacy for You would allocate the orders to specific pharmacies. 
and the pharmacies would uh, essentially be just uh, a mail order service. They would be fulfilling orders and dispatching them out to, uh, to the consumer. Uh, very quickly though, um, upon researching of pharmacists and consumers, uh, it became very evident that that model was uh, probably not going to work. And the bulldozer came in and buried that website and we commenced the beginning of the pharmacy view that we see today, which is giving each individual pharmacy their own web presence and their own e-commerce capabilities and being able to manage their own retail uh, product range and pricing, their own catalogue pricing, special pricing, uh, managing all their script lines if they want to and also have their private prices um, implemented as well, all online. So it became a bit of a massive undertaking to come up with all the development work that needed to be done to bring that to fruition. And I'm sure you'd realise um, that the cost of development is not, uh, it's not cheap. Yeah. Uh, it does take time, it does take money. And some of the figures you hear quoted in the press by um, you know, expenditures by some of the major companies um, in department stores, for example, uh, just uh, would, would blow you away. So we, we saw a big opportunity that the average pharmacy could not afford to get into e-commerce. Um, a lot of them couldn't even afford to get into their own web, web development or just run a basic website. So if we could develop a, a, a company that had all that software developed already and then we amortised the cost across a large number of users, then it became affordable uh, at basic pharmacy level, store by store. So uh, that, that's that, that's a bit of history for you. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, you know, we talk so much now about, you know, our, how our customers are finding us now. And, uh, you know, the days of the yellow pages uh, being the first place where people would look for a pharmacy are well and truly gone. And, uh, you know, they'll head to the big G and the big Google and uh, see what each <laughs> what each pharmacy has to offer. And, and it's not often that you see, you know, any, anything that represents the store, um, how, you know, how our pharmacies look in real life um, and, and, that, and that's really where the transition is now that we're seeing customers walk through our virtual front doors and see a very different picture to what you see when you walk into that pharmacy so the challenge is out there to try to duplicate or at least get very close to the some of the functionality you have in the physical pharmacy in the digital space but the starting point is sometimes a little bit very it's very hard to actually you know work out and as as Jonathan was talking about in, in our recent chat, um, you know, the costs of setting up their infrastructure is well and truly beyond any individual pharmacy, let alone a small group of pharmacies. So I, I think, you know, certainly it has its challenges, but um, it was, it's great to hear that that solution was uh, really what was on the table when, uh, when you sat down to solve the problem because it's a, it's a huge problem and, and certainly it's something that a lot of our owners are now considering, well, We've got customers finding us online. How do we look after them? Mm, that's that's right. Um, some some statistics. Um, I suppose the beauty of online, um, any digital capability, is the reporting of it. Um, and we have a look at some, some of the the data across all our all our stores uh, that may be of interest to uh, to people. Would be things like fifty um, percent or close on 50% of all our visitations to our websites 
originate from mobile devices. So either smartphones, iPhones or iPads, tablets. Um, and 70% of that mobile visitation is through iPhone and iPad. So they have got a massive stranglehold uh, on that marketplace. Um, we've also found, this is a really surprising statistic, that close on 50% of all sales that come through our website or our portal are for consumers aged 50 years or older. So um, when we first started launching this, we were getting a lot of pharmacies saying, oh, but you know, who goes online? Our client base is fairly old, you know, aging population. We've got people on regular medication who are all seniors and what have you. They don't use computers. And yeah. our data clearly shows that they actually do. Oh, look, absolutely. And, and every time Facebook released their annual figures, and uh, we'll probably hear there's on the, on the other side of Christmas this year, and it's always about the high adoption rates. And, you know, at, at, at a more personal level, we're hearing all of the social connectiveness benefits there is to the older populations where it's bringing grandparents closer to their grandchildren through digital. Um, and they're able to keep in touch with people, talk to find out more about the world than, you know, was typically required them to go and visit physically. Um, and the ability for them to, transact with their bank online and uh, even with their supermarket um, the pharmacy just has to be in in that queue yeah absolutely agree agree completely um, when, we, when we talk about multi-channel um, a lot of people think you know well they ask the question what is multi-channel what does it actually mean and I suppose from where we sit very broadly speaking we're saying well we've got a bricks and mortar business like a pharmacy we've got an online channel that they, you can use to service it. How can we bring those two channels together and look at the benefits from cost saving? So what do we do best in a bricks and mortar environment? What do we do best in an online environment? And how can we bring those savings into the business? So um, that's, uh, that, that's always something that's not a simple uh, question to answer. Well, absolutely. And, you know, even those stats you're talking about, mobile visits, um, you know, being so prevalent, uh, we're now seeing customers doing their research online or they might even start the transaction online, uh, but then land on our doorstep and, you know, have the full expectation that yep. they are going to, you are going to know what they've done online and, um, you know, merging that in with the workflow because I think typically even five or maybe even 10 years ago, you did have standalone e-commerce operations from the bricks and mortar, but now we're seeing what's called this omni-channel, uh, which is yeah. where customers exist in both at the same in both of those multiple channels. Um, so it's it's a challenging thing, and I think that's probably a really good segue into what we wanted to talk about in terms of the workflow. Um, so. For, for our pharmacy owners who, who, are, who are listening and, you know, we always do have a wide range of where people are at at the moment and in previous episodes we've spoken about how they can get online even straight, straight away just to get a Google Plus local listing even if they haven't got a website. But if they've gotten down that pathway now where they're either going to start looking to sell online or they're looking at having their website but they'd like to have e-commerce straight away you know what what are the things that you'd be recommending they think about um even prior to you know i guess deciding which direction they're going to take 
Well, I, I think what, one of the things that uh, they need to do is, is, is start talking to people about a strategy. One, I go back to when we first started this and pharmacies were saying, look, I've got to get online. And we said, why? And they said, well, I don't know. Everyone else is doing it, aren't they? And uh, <laughs> that yeah. to me said, well, I don't know if you're quite ready for this. I think you need to research things and, and understand it a lot better as to why you would want to do that. What sort of uh, hurdles you're going to come up against? What sort of investment you're going to re uh, require or what sort of ongoing cost is going to be um, required? But more importantly, what are you going to need to do in store to make sure it's a success? that your client, your customers walk into the pharmacy and it doesn't matter whether they've originated the order or the experience online or via a visitation directly into the store, are they going to experience the same type of service that they would regardless of what channel they, they operate in? And um, a, a lot of pharmacies struggle with this. Uh, initially, it's a case of uh, what, what prices are you selling at in store? And a lot of pharmacies are thinking, well, I don't know if I want to sell online at those prices um, because they're, they're, they're scared of exposing their prices to their opposition onliners or to their opposition pharmacies who aren't online. So this whole idea of price competition is a big issue with pharmacies. So in the early days, they're actually advocating that they ran a different price structure online from in-store. Now it's changed completely. They've recognised the need that they need to marry the two together. It's got to be consistent. Yeah, no, look, it's, it's really interesting, you know, that we effectively all operate our businesses with the Chemist Warehouse Index in some way, shape or form <laughs> in that, uh, you know, we're always very conscious of what they're selling it for. But I, I think as you come, as you started off, identifying the purpose of why you're online, um, you know, and if your purpose is to transition into a discount retailer, then there's probably a, a fair, fair few steps before that, before you want to start doing that online. Um but ultimately, I think, you know, in terms of the competition, I think people are looking, you know, looking at your value strategy and, and what do you offer? And what one thing is a, is a standard that they want to know is that they're not going to pay a ridiculous sum more than if they were to go to the discount. I don't think people mind spending that little bit more if they're going to get a great experience. And, and you covered, covered that also in that you need to know what that experience looks like in store and commit to the same in the digital yeah. sense yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing like you, it's quite often you, you might experience the best at the moment you know with uh, apps like Beat the Queue that cafes are using at the moment where you order your coffee uh, through an application it's linked to PayPal you press a button and you got your coffee and you can just turn up and pick it up and those things have been set up very well that I've seen in some of the, some of the better cafes that they've got a dedicated pickup area but they've blended it in very well. And I think what, yeah. what in pharmacy, we probably haven't made that distinction that it is just part of business now. It's not an online business and a normal business. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. Um, look, um, it comes down, I suppose, you look at what the customers want. How do they want to shop? They clearly, they want to shop online. They, um, if... If they're not actually purchasing and walking in the store, um, they might be researching online. 
if you're not an option available to them for that research, you miss out. So you're not on their radar. So we always say you need to understand that to start with. That's got to be one of the, it's almost like a, a defence strategy to make sure you're competing within the market. That's one of the reasons you want to be there to start with. Um, one of the things that we um, were very much keen on from day one was this idea of click and collect. Uh, most most um, larger group pharmacies um, are operating mail order delivery fulfilment. So the consumer goes online, they're attracted by a cheap price or whatever, usually it's a cheap price, they place their order and the product ends up being delivered to them. And the argument for that is there's a convenience factor, um, although sometimes it's not always convenient to have to be at home when a delivery arrives. Otherwise, you've got to make that extra trip down to the post office to, uh, to pick up your, your order. Well, that's yeah. it. That's it. It's a, it. It also comes down to the, what what's actually required, and a lot of our visits from our patients and what they're actually looking for when they come in. It's an acute solution. Um, that's right. And if you are mail order, then you're non-urgent. Um, it's impossible for you to to deliver within a short period of time unless you've got the distribution capabilities of Amazon or someone like that, yeah. where they can offer a two-hour delivery window. And I don't think anyone's sophisticated at that level yet in in pharmacy. Um, but well, well in- the beauty with our system, I suppose, is we do offer the every pharmacy when they set up their website, they can nominate how they want to be able to deliver their products to their customers and the options are firstly do you want to offer click and collect so the customer orders online picks up in store and then the pharmacy can say I will nominate a delivery time frame and that could be anything from one hour our default number is four hours or the pharmacy could blow it out to say it's 24 hours if they want but uh, it, it does demonstrate to the customer that there is a very quick response time to these orders that are placed online. And uh, you know, if, if the customer wants, they can go and log into their account and they can see uh, live on online the pro- the, where that order is processing at. Is it processed? Is it ready for, for pickup? Um, has it been acknowledged as being received or what? So they're, they're informed through the whole journey on you know, what, what stage the order's at. The second option that's available to them is a postal delivery. So not every pharmacy likes to offer a postal service, um, but if they wish to, they can. And the third offer is if the pharmacy offers their own home delivery service, to a nominated geographic area, well, we can include that as an optional delivery service as well. And each of these services, postal or um, home delivery, the pharmacy can nominate how much they wish to charge the customer for. In a lot of cases, um, pharmacies offer a home delivery service free of charge. Um, so, you know, that's a great service. And I think that's that's one way that, um, a pharmacy can get a marketing edge uh, yep. on by advertising that that service exists. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And 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 Ian, um, 
because I think it would be of a lot of interest to a lot of our listeners, the and we'll spend a little bit of time on the on the process. Yeah. How how does it um, integrate with the store? Uh, because typically customers will come in, will receive a prescription at the prescription in counter that gets entered into the dispense system that carries across to the POS system, and you've got to the front register. Um, now bypassing that usual process um, of in store uh, activity, how how does your solution and how should really a good multi-channel solution tackle that? Is there a capability for the website structure that you're creating for pharmacies to interject into that original process or does it sit very separate? Now, at this point, it's, it's a separate um, system. So in, in an instance where you may have a customer with a script um, and the script is already held at the pharmacy, a customer can go into the website search for the product and, and register the fact that there's a script held at the pharmacy with four or five repeats or whatever on it. And that becomes set in their account records within the website. Um, when, the, when they've processed that order and paid for it, um, the order is sent immediately to the pharmacy and it pops up on their screen to say, hey, you've got a new order for Mrs. Jones for this script. Um, you're holding the script in the pharmacy and then it's just a case of the pharmacy just needs to find the, uh, the script on file and process it in the normal manner and uh, the customer then just comes in and picks it up. Um, the pharmacy knows that the script is held on file, that it's all paid for, ready to roll. So there's, there's no issues there. So ultimately, in that sense, you've got a, a virtual customer tapping you on the, door, on, the, on the door saying, hey, I've got a prescription that I want, I've paid for it. It's presented virtually at the scripts in counter and it can just follow the normal yeah, pharmacy process from there. And furthermore, once, this, once the uh, repeat is due for reordering, an automatic reminder is sent from the website direct to the customer to say, hey, it's time to reorder. And are those are those intervals customizable in terms of in terms of twenty one days, twenty eight days, yes. whatever the cycle of the, yeah. the packet might be? And what we find is that um, some some customers are, are wanting them a bit earlier than than what we would have as a default figure. But t- but typically, say a twenty eight day usage of a product on script uh, might have a twenty four day repeat reminder interval. So they're getting a reminder, say, four days before it's actually due. Yeah. Um, but that is customizable. And, and in terms of the interfaces, um, we, you know, we spoke quite a few weeks ago when we were talking about building your first pharmacy website. Uh, are, we, are we looking at a mobile responsive interface in that if we do have customers on tablets or smartphones or desktops that the uh, experience is the same? Uh, we have... Uh, well, I was going to say in development, but it, it has been developed um, a new CMS content management system, which is uh, very, very much based on mobile responsiveness. Um, having said that, though, the website we have uh, functions uh, very well on an iPad, iPhone, and we do get a lot of orders through from those devices. But we recognise that the the software would be improved once we make the move over to this new CMS. Okay, so yep. that that's uh, kind of in in the throes of happening. Um, 
typical with IT, though. We're not in a position to give you a, a firm delivery date. <laughs> yeah. No, look, absolutely. And I think we, I think everyone appreciates that everything is always a consistent rolling ball. Nothing ever, nothing ever stays stationary. And yeah. I, I think if you are partnering with someone that's in, in a stationary position, uh, chances are they're not around for too long. Uh, yeah. So it's always good to know that, you know, the development continues. And, you know, I guess a number of questions get thrown up in, in terms of, um, you know, creating a, an e-commerce platform and uh, offering that to your customers and because everyone's gone app crazy is that something that you know can be presented as a as an app to customers and is there an advantage in doing that well we've had a lot of customers come to us uh, pharmacy customers and say um do you have an app and uh we say well an app to do what if you just want an app which gives you access to our portal platform which ultimately will give you access to your pharmacy um that's just essentially a mobile um, compatible website. Yeah. Um, rather than have someone specifically say, look, I, I need an app um, to be developed so that my customers can man- better manage their diabetes, for example. Um, so specific disease state management apps, I think, uh, well, they're happening now, but uh, more and more they're going to be more prevalent and uh, consumers are going to get more and more used to using them. But for, to have someone come up to you and say, look, just give me an app, mm. we really need to know, well, an app to do what? What, what's, what are you trying to achieve? And it goes back to that day one when we started to develop the website, trying to um, understand why we want to be in the space, what the opportunities are, what's the strategy and all that type of thing. Well, absolutely. Like that, it's essentially asking you to create another front door to your pharmacy and it's a case of, okay, well, you've got a smaller door here. You can present a smaller amount of things. What do you want to show off and what what experience and and is it actually adding to the experience? Because if you've already got a good site that is mobile optimized, why would you do it if if there's nothing else that you're actually offering? And uh, It's like you say, it's like, you know, with a website or just being there for the sake of the fact that businesses are there. Um, The same reason even at a higher level where pharmacies just throw a robot in their dispensary without really knowing what it's going to do um, and how it's going to improve their processes and how it's going to, uh, you know, leverage their time away from the dispensary and back to their customers. It's, yeah, it, yeah. it really does come back to, as we've been talking about, the, the process of what you're looking to achieve. Yeah, yeah. So if, if we can go back to a comment you made earlier, just um, so the, the listeners can get a better understanding about the service we offer and how it's actually presented to them and, and actually rolled out. Yeah. Um, t- typically, we would spend a fair bit of discussion time beforehand talking to the pharmacies about our product and, and, and how, how it all works. Um, once, once we have approval to go ahead, we then we have what we call a turnkey solution. So we have documents in Excel format that need to be completed, which cover the really basic bones of setting up the website within our uh, structure. And things as simple as what's your pharmacy name, what's your address, what's your contact details, what's your bank account details, what's your opening hours, closing hours, uh, what specific services are you offering, you know, all the, the basic stuff. Then we look at artwork side of things. Do you have a logo for your business? If not, do you need one designed? 
what colour scheme do you want to work with? Um, what departments do you want to work with? Um, so we start to delve down into the look and the feel of the website, the product range and the price structure that needs to go on and how we're going to get the data to update that on a regular basis and how often the pharmacy wants that updated. Um, you'll find one of our clients we're updating on a daily basis. Uh, we've got uh, the majority of, majority of our pharmacies that update their full um, script range and um, front of shop range once a month. Um, and we've got some guys in addition to that that run catalogues and those catalogues might be fortnightly catalogues. Um, they might be monthly catalogues or they might be three monthly catalogues. So we then put together uh, a plan to say, look, this is, this is how we're going to establish the website. This is how we're going to maintain the website and this is what it's going to cost you. So then they can make a decision do they want to actually do some of this work themselves because our contact management system will allow them to do some of the work themselves if they wish to. A lot of them, no surprises here, are saying, sorry, I don't have the time, I don't have the technical expertise, I don't have the staff. So they're happy to say, pharmacy for you, we're going to outsource that to you and we charge them an, an agreed rate uh, based on the the hours that uh, we're going to take to to get the data processed primarily, and I guess and I guess with the data as well, um, and, and and that's often something that you know we look at because if you're recreating your front door, you're recreating your store in the digital environment, you've got to have facings of your products as you do in the physical pharmacy. Mm. Is, is there integration now with your point of sale where if you do make a price change in your POS that it can auto reflect in e-commerce or at least be an overnight process? Yes, um, we, we have had uh, integrations and they have proven to be very successful. Um, the, the issue here though is, um, is very much a case of for a one-off standalone pharmacy, the initial setup cost of that uh, could be a little scary. Hmm. Um, so we, we tend to look at um, I suppose more pro, more manual processing for us. We've we've got a specific system in our back end that will accept point of sale files that we just upload straight into our system. Is that just like a CSV file or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's a yep. CSV file, and yep. and the system will say, okay, what range was in your uh, website? Here's the new file. Okay, let's identify the price changes and implement those. Let's look for the products that are no longer on range. Let's deactivate those. Let's look at all the new products. Let's add those. So the beauty of this is that the pharmacy doesn't have to worry about that annoying searching for images or maintaining a database. It's all done for them. Pharmacy View maintains a massive database of products, uh, all with images. And it's a case of every time we upload a POS file, We've, we've already identified the new products that come from that and we source the images and that they're resident within our database all the time. So if you've got a pharmacy that comes along and says, look, I really need you to add this product range, chances are it's in our database already and we've just got to um, activate it for their store and it's instantaneously available to them. 
Yeah. Absolutely, and, and and it's a massive job, even for maintaining a point of sale. And that a lot of the uh, major point of sale vendors do have a team managing the database, as I'm sure as I'm sure you do. But they don't have to go generally to the level of where they're maintaining product images. And do you also maintain dimensions of products and weights as well, so that you're calculating shipping and things like that? No, we tend not to do that at this point. Um, we, I suppose, it's a case of looking at. Um, the the value to the product or the value to the uh, the consumer in using that, based based on our experiences on the type of orders that are coming through, and the restrictions being placed on um, on some of those deliveries through Australia Post, um, we put a system in that uh, each individual product can be ticked off as available for in-store pickup only. And there's a lot of items of that nature. They may be, pharmacies may say, well, look, I just do not want to get involved in postal deliveries for nappies, for example, or for heavy items like laundry powders. I I don't want to get involved in fragrances or um, anything that Australia Post says, look, um, they're they're flammable, so we're not going to touch them. So um, we find also that 90 plus percent of all our orders are click and collect. Mm. So, the the post the, this emphasis on postal delivery, it's not as prevalent as what we think. Um, we're getting most um, postal orders for regional areas. Um, when you talk about the city areas, very very few, and it it really demonstrates to us that the idea that you've got a website that's designed to market you as a local community pharmacy. You're not trying to gain national business, you know, and hope someone up in Darwin's gonna find you when you operating pharmacy in Adelaide. You're more interested in saying, I've got a pharmacy in Adelaide, I know I've got five or ten thousand people in my local catchment area. I'm gonna market my website and my business to those people. Because that's that's where my business is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And look, obviously, all those efficiencies of sizes and weights and really making that uh, logistic process as efficient is great if you're at a very high volume. Um, And, you know, typically typically that's something that we probably haven't crossed the uh, threshold in pharmacy just yet. Um, But you mentioned, obviously, with Click and Collect as well. And and I guess, are are you in a position that where customers can literally order and pay at the same time so that they're just collecting in the pharmacy or are we collecting payment as well? No, no. The the system um, will only allow an order to go through to a pharmacy if it's paid for. Yep. So um, the the pharmacy can um, be very confident when the customer walks in. They haven't got to worry about collecting money. Um, and it's a case if if it's a you know a schedule line a script line or whatever there's the opportunity obviously that the pharmacist can have an interaction with the patient and the consultation that's required. Yep. Um, and the the I suppose one of the things that we were, were quick to jump on in the early days too was our treatment of S threes. Whereas uh, and if if someone placed an order and one of the products in the order was an S three the system would alert them to the fact that they cannot ask for a postal order. They need to actually visit the pharmacy and receive the advice that's required 
or they need to make contact with the pharmacy so they, they can receive that advice before the order's processed. So I imagine they, they would then contact the pharmacy and the pharmacy has the ability to take that order off hold or something like that, that and, that's right. and, and, and transition it through. And, and the payment gateway, is that something that then the pharmacy has to contact their bank and arrange for an e-commerce gateway as well? No, the, the beauty of our system is that we use the Pharmacy View payment gateway. We um, use ComWeb services through the Commonwealth Bank. Yep. So all the, all the funds come direct through our payment gateway and on a two-week rolling cycle, we, we remit those funds to the pharmacy's bank account. Yep. Okay. So when we sign up a pharmacy, we say, what's your banking details for receiving money? And that's where we send it. So it's, it's a very simple solution. The pharmacy, all they really do, if, if, they, if they say to us, we're going to let you manage the website for us, manage the range, the price, the look and the feel, all that type of stuff, so they don't have to get involved in the nitty-gritty of managing it. But we put on their computers within the pharmacy a little Pharmacy for You app. And the sole purpose of that is for showing when orders are coming into the, uh, into the pharmacy. Yeah. So um, you might have this app loaded on your dispense computer, your front of, front of shop computer, your back office computer. You can have it on any number of computers within the pharmacy. And the, the owner, for example, could put it on his laptop and just take it home with him and he could see the online activities happening uh, while he's at home. Um, and when an order comes through, it just pops up and says, hey, you've got a new order. And the pharmacy then has to click on a little button that says, click here to acknowledge receipt of the order. As soon as they click on that, it automatically logs them into the website to display that order and they can then print that order off and that becomes their processing document. So it might say, well, I've got an order here for two shampoos and um, some toothpaste and there's a script line on it. So it's a case of you know, get um, the pharmacist to dispense the script, um, locate where the script's held in the pharmacy and do all that sort of things, find someone else to find the stock on the shelf and then process that through the point of sale system and then pick it and pack it and then it's ready for dispatch. Yeah. Um, and, and through that process, the, uh, the pharmacy is, is changing the status on that order as they go through. So when, once all the products picked and packed, they would then change the status to ready. And that will alert the, uh, the customer that, okay, everything's ready, come on in and pick it up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as we were saying earlier, it really just creates that virtual presentation of a customer and that uh, it pops up. It's just like another customer in front of you that you need to acknowledge and uh, look after and uh, you, you know just make that part of your workflow. I guess the only difference is that you might walk in at uh, 8 a.m. in the morning and you see uh, 10 or 12 customers already waiting virtually for you, which uh, I don't think any of us would mind too much, to be well, honest. Well, the, the beauty of that is that... You you can actually get some of that workflow out of the way before you actually open the doors. So, um, you know, you, you're able to provide pretty good customer service in that in that instance. Yeah, and it puts the control back in, into the patient in that they can yeah. choose when they want to work with you rather than through your advertised opening hours and who's in the pharmacy at the time, which uh, I think it's a very valuable thing because, again, uh, the world is becoming more personalised for every, every patient and customer and uh, yeah. pharmacies need to understand that too. Mm. And I guess, Ian, also um, when we spoke about 
receipt of prescriptions as well. There's a lot of uh, a lot going on at the moment, and a lot of development in recent years around ERX Script Gateway, and obviously MediSecure as well. And they've got a obviously an arrangement now where all of their databases are being shared. But we're going to cross the threshold at some point where the paper prescription doesn't exist, and it might be a few years from now. Yeah. Um, are you looking at integrating with these types of services so that um, you know you can order scripts that patients may have just received as opposed to just those that are on file? Yes, um, that's something that's very much on the radar. Uh, we we can see that, it, like you say, it won't be too too far down the track, and there'll, there'll be a, a huge shift in the way scripts are being uh, written and um, sent sent to the cloud or wherever. And uh, then it's a case of how, how can Pharmacy for You participate in the retrieval of those scripts for processing purposes? Absolutely, that's uh, something that we, we need to be a part of. Because if we look if we look at how how the US do it, um, you know every customer virtually has a digital locker of prescriptions, and they mm. can choose who they want that locker to go to at any one time, and it's very controlled in that regard. And that uh, unless you're part of a mail order subscription service or something like that. Uh, the customer ultimately can go anywhere and decide what they're going to do um, yeah. rather than, you know, have to have this big storage hold in the pharmacy. Yes, that's correct, yeah. Yeah. And, and and I always like to ask because, again, we just touched on, you know, where things may go with prescriptions, but, you know, obviously we're really scratching the surface of, you know, where things are going from a pharmacy in, era in terms of post pc and uh also you know blending in physical as just part of the business experience as opposed to being the only experience our customers can receive but i guess what could you see and what what have you anticipated that might be the biggest game-changing technology that you know if we were to throw out all of our time and resource barriers that um you know you'd love to see in pharmacies today well um this whole concept of what what we call omni-channel um, is very much on our radar screens at the moment. Um, and what uh, the way we would define omni-channel is uh, completing a sales loop between consumers, pharmacies and manufacturers. So en- enabling the manufacturers to participate in the marketing process but be driving consumers to pharmacy. So um, it's it's an area at the moment where um, pharmacies are the retailers, consumers go straight to the retailer, but the manufacturer um, is is having a lot of difficulty getting into that online space without upsetting the pharmacy on the fulfilment side. So for example, you've got a vitamin company, they want to market a product direct to consumer and pharmacies will straight away say, well, you can't do that because you can't drive a consumer to purchase directly from a manufacturer because you're cutting the pharmacist out of the equation. So we're looking at ways, how can we get manufacturers to participate in the marketing to consumers but drive consumers to pharmacy for, for the fulfilment basis? So um, well, it that... opens up a whole heap of different communication advantages between um, we're, we're looking at, say, the opportunity of having manufacturers launch new products and being able to get instantaneous replies back from the marketplace in general about who's accepting new products 
who's rejecting it um, and concentrate their sales forces into an area of the most need. Well, absolutely. And, you know, we talk a lot about on on this show around becoming that patient-centric pharmacy where all decisions that are made are in the best interests of the customer and also driven by the customer. And I think the technology just enables us to collaborate better with all of the partners in the business. And that can be, you know, your healthcare partners being part of your GP and allied health networks, but also the supplier partners and getting them involved rather than say, well, your role's finished when the product starts in the pharmacy and then whatever we do with it from a post-production point of view is is out of your hands. And uh, I think, you know, if we all collaborate in that regard, I think some really special things could happen in that the solutions that are developed uh, are far better for the customer at the end of the day because we are working together rather than, you know, their own independent market research being, you know, the, the root of product optimization as opposed to, you know, what the customer are actually doing yeah now it's really interesting and uh there's obviously a long a lot a lot of traction to go there but i think so long as we're uh, all committing to that direction it's uh, it's going to be good and uh look forward to following the pharmacy for you journey as we do and uh look forward to having you back in the not too distant future yeah yeah it's um it's a it's a great topic um we could talk a long time on it and <laughs> I, I've got notes here that we haven't even got near. So, <laughs> uh, look, absolutely. And it's been fantastic and uh, look forward to having you back soon. Okay, Robert, I really appreciate it. Cheers. Well, I think we can all agree that at the end of this series that we've done now on multi-channel retail and e-commerce, we know a lot more about it and we know how critical it is to our future. But more importantly, and as Ian and I discussed offline after the show, we need to understand that it's like a snowball that keeps rolling and rolling. And that snowball is modern business. Modern business involves embracing that technology and integrating it into the best practice processes of your business. And that's only going to keep increasing. And everything that keeps getting developed builds on top of what has previously passed. It's been built, it's passed, and it moves forward. And that's just a culture that we have to embrace. And particularly as a listener of this show, you know it better than everyone in Australia right now. My three key learnings, well, I did take a while to get to those, didn't I? Well, it all comes back to the purpose. And we always come back to it on this show as to what purpose would you have to creating an e-commerce platform, let alone a website? And what is it going to do for your business? Yes, lots of businesses are online, but you don't just go there because everyone else is there. You need to understand the purpose of what you're going to do. You need to also understand who your customers are that you're trying to help and target through your website? Is it every customer that's currently walking through the front door of your business? Or are you appealing to a specific segment of the market? It might be aged care and older customers that you may be wanting to appeal to through that platform. You need to get clear on that so that you can design your digital pharmacy the same way as you would approach designing your physical pharmacy. So that's really important. And Ian touched on a number of other things that we need to consider in terms of the investment that we want to take, whether we're willing to adopt our processes in store, and also what service level we're going to commit to. We spoke to Jonathan Layton only a few weeks ago about 
over making sure that our customers are not disappointed online when they're delighted in store, that they're delighted online and in store, and also determining what pricing we're going to have, whether we're going to have different pricing for in-store and online, and also what our customers want. And as we'll talk about in our third key learning, which I won't jump ahead to, is we need to ask them so that we can best design it for them. And don't try to make it perfect from day one. You can always do one particular element and then add another and add another and add another. You don't have to look at the premier retailers on the planet and their websites and try to compete with that from day one. If you can make one thing better for your customers by putting your website out there, they'll love you for it and they'll love the fact that you keep asking them and you keep building on top of it. And that leads into our second learning of process. So it's important that we really understand the processes and how it how it ingrains into our pharmacies. We don't look at it as e-commerce separate, physical pharmacy separate. We need to look at them blended together and we need to understand when that interjects. We went to great lengths with Ian to talk about how it really does create a virtual customer that just pops up on your screen and you need to look after them exactly how you would look after a customer if they walked up to you in the pharmacy and demanded your attention. Don't leave them alone and they can even show up before the pharmacy's opened and you can look after them without having the time pressures of waiting time and having someone breathing down your neck saying that they've got to leave in five minutes can you speed it up it really does help with our workflow if we embrace it and particularly if we give our customers that flexibility of being able to do business with us anywhere anytime they choose it enables them to get a win and also for us as far as our workflow. I'm sure we'd much prefer to be doing, if we were doing 40 prescriptions an hour at our peak, that we'd be doing that every single hour so it was consistent rather than have those busy spurts during the day. And embracing the technology and giving customers choice is the best way to go to address that traffic problem that we have. And the third one is collaboration. As we spoke about in our end of the interview around the possibilities of where the future might go and how we've really gone away from a business to business, business to consumer, and now and also a, um, a business to consumer as well. Um, we're not in that anymore. We're people selling to people. And manufacturers, as we've seen in clothing industries where we've seen Nike open up their own stores, bypassing the sports stores, and lots of other industries, they can go direct to market. But I think we've got the best solutions ahead of us when we start collaborating with all our partners. And that can even include our healthcare partners as well, asking them what they would like to for us to be recommending to the patients and put all of our collaborative heads together using technology to design better solutions for our customers moving forward. And that's where the fantastic opportunity sits. If we give ourselves the opportunity and enable ourselves to collaborate, then uh, I think we're well on the way of having that patient-centric business model, which we so often talk about as the only sustainable competitive advantage available in 21st century pharmacy. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation and the last one of 2014. I look forward to coming to you again next week with a great 
interview coming up with Amanda Fisher from Connected Accountants as we bring you the number one in cloud accounting, zero. And also coming up, we've got Peter Sackerson from RSM Bird Cameron, and we talk about how you can maximize your success in 2015 with a virtual financial advisor on board. And on top of a massive few weeks, we've got a pharmacy owner who grew his dose administration aid business by 300% in a one square meter of floor space. And yep, you guessed it, there's some technology involved. Leave a comment in the show notes. There's always space for you at the bottom. I read and respond to every single one. And my guests, like Ian today, will read and respond to your questions individually as well. Have a great week and a happy new year, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week in 2015. Bye for now.